T-minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Tower cleared. Here we got a roll program. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. (laughs) Wherever you're at in the world. I'm Nicole Sackage, and I'm here with Grant Cameron today. Hi, Grant. How are you doing? Happy birthday. Thank you. It is my birthday, <laughs> celebrating big time here in Illinois. <laughs> Today, we're continuing our series um, that I've been calling Ufology, Art, and Music. And today, we're joined by a very special guest from the UK, and her name is Alexis Johnson. So, welcome, Alexis. How are Hi, you? Nicole, and happy birthday, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And let's kick this off. How did you guys meet each other? I, I always like hearing the little stories of how Grant finds people or people find Grant. So it would be me, wouldn't it? I make contact. <laughs> I make first contact. <laughs> first contact. <laughs> um, I listen to a higher side chat um, I, I, and with Grant and it was just great because he was connecting and talking about consciousness and art and also connecting all the dots, all these separate uh, sort of um, areas, subjects. We love categorizing, putting everything into categories and, and, and making them all separate. And what Grant was doing was just unifying them all together. And it was just, it's, it just felt so very right. So I just felt I had to reach out as an artist just to to say that I've you know had similar experiences and how important uh, the work is that he's doing really. So I swear. in ufology we call those synchronicities, don't we, Grant? <laughs> when all those yeah. things start adding up together. So, but it does it does sort of ring a bell when you put it out there. Certain people go, oh, I know what this is about, and that's I think what we've got to change in the field is that vast majority of people don't know this connection that there is this thing beyond the lights in the sky and the paranormal phenomena and all this kind of stuff. There's something much more significant going on and that the people who have had the experiences like Alexis know and they reach out. And and the more we do this, the more the consciousness of the world will rise and realize there's, there's more to the world than just the nuts and bolts and paying the bills and stuff like that, that there's this sort of other level of the, of the universe going on that, that people aren't aware of. Right. So Alexis, what were a few of those synchronicities that started that prompted you to want to call Grant? Like, was there a big one where you're like, that one is spot on? Like, it'd been happening that week. 
um, where I'd been sort of like pretty much being sort of urged by, um, I, I don't know, is it spirit? Is it guide? Is it higher self? Who Who's talking to us? You know, it's it's like I was being urged for probably about a week and a half before that I had to share the story. Um, if we go back even further from about 2015, I was being told to find each other, like other artists that is specifically who have these types of, who are working within this um within this framework and within this frequency who are playing around with sort of the right brain that's tuning into to 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 perceiving things beyond our visible perception beyond the external senses um working with the inner senses and so um so it's really just it was just because i've been urged to to be able to speak out one of the things i sort of wrote to to grant about was how artists I think it's really very common for a lot of artists to experience what I'm experiencing. I'm not putting myself out there as somebody with an extraordinary experience. But what it is, is that I'd say that we're all in hiding. <laughs> <I think laughs> maybe we all got burnt as witches in the past. And, um, and so there's a sense of needing to come out. And if we don't come out now, when are we going to come out? So that's the urging, that's the voice. It's it's we've got to share these stories and we've got to um, put it into um, a framework so that we can actually have conversations about this, not hide it. Yeah, one point I'd like to make there is the the fact that you're talking about you mentioned before about putting it into lists, and that is because we live in this very left brain world, and the left brain is into uh, lists and and planning and all this kind of stuff. And the you always you always hear this thing about the shift. The shift of consciousness or the awakening and stuff like that and i think that's the female right brain that is more into uh the whole the whole of the universe and the uh the oneness and all that kind of stuff that's coming forward so i think it may be this you're talking about the sort of coming out that you and others are sort of now coming out and helping the shift take place that would that would sound good yeah and it is just that sense of urgency and urging that um, it's now, now time. Did it go May, back into I, your childhood? Did did all this stuff like how how did your childhood work? Were were you sort of if you look back, is this all sort of like a plan where this all is coming together? Well, from my childhood, it was uh, everything primarily has come to me through. Oh, we lost Nicole for a second. Oh, she just um, turning turning her camera off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her. It's her birthday. Um, <laughs> So, um, so from my childhood, things were coming through very strongly as dreams. And I think that that's how it's continued until I until more recently, where I've been able to work within a sort of waking consciousness with a lot of this. But with my childhood, it was a sense that we're one, we're one, we're one. I'm being told that all the time in dreams, we're one, we're one. And then if I reflect back on how I worked in school, I used to be really confused because I used to be, um, the teachers would be telling you to, to look at things and have to learn things. I was like, well, we're all connected to, to wisdom and knowledge and we can just get it like that. We just ask and we get it. And I just didn't understand why they would, be saying that you had to work at finding the answers when I just say so you could just tune in and get that. And then another thing that I used to have, um, uh, partly probably because I've got bad eyesight on one eye. Okay. So my vision was pretty bad as a child, still not great. Um, and um, which is great for a visual artist. Um, but um, I used to sort of like, they used to write letters on the board 
and I would just be, what are they doing? It, it, you know, like what what's going on? And I I couldn't understand how other people would then be able to then copy that letter. It was so abstract um, on, onto other work onto onto pieces of paper. I used to think they were working with telepathy. Um, I just thought that was the natural conclusion. And so for many years at school, I felt the whole situation was working telepathically. So so it, it was. That that for me was how I perceived the world to be until I had to learn later. You know, they had to keep trying to drill that out of me. And I was like, no, 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 it's like this. And they kept working on drilling that out. You know, they they put you into sort of like little sections and go, okay, well, you, you're, you're not perceiving in the same way as us, so we're going to have to put you as remedial, you know. And so you're, but it, it's, um, you know, they, you're given this experience for a reason, but all the way through as a child, you're just like, none of this makes any sense this framework this program that we're experiencing none of it makes any sense um but it was really sort of probably from my very early 20s maybe it was sort of late teens where i started to get precog dreams mm -hmm. that's when it really started to 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 kick in and i i still don't fully comprehend why i get them and they come in intensity and frequency and then they sort of stop and then they come but I think the only conclusion when you see what's going to happen the next day and one of the things I need to say is you can change it sometimes you're shown it so you can change it but when you're seeing what can what's going to happen the next day you know that uh, time can't exist mm -hmm. not in the way that we're told and then you then you just need to look at Einstein's formula and you go well hold on a minute so time can't exist but time is entwined with with space so then space doesn't exist either and so i spent most of my uh time talking to all my friends and saying no space and time doesn't exist but... <laughs> wow. i would have loved to have been at one of those parties <laughs> you're in the best you're like no 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 it doesn't exist everybody's like oh here she goes again like i don't know i've been at a few of those and it's it it's mind-blowing but so you were in your early 20s when you finally found others that thought like you how was that experience when you guys got together and could sort through these ideas oh i didn't find people they i was just with other artists oh. and I, I was like i mean like i was in my it was when i was doing my art degree so I was with other artists and when you're with other artists you're allowed to have these kind of open conversations and I was lucky enough to have friends who understood and connected and scientists as well I've connected in with scientists who've really sort of taken it on board as well and open but I think it's been a much much longer journey to find other artists like me I'm in I'm in my late 40s now and I'd say that I've only just started to um, connect to those people who are working in similar ways. It's only since 2015 when I got the message, you have to find others like you, it's time now, um, that, that I started to actively uh, try and find these people. And you're trying to find each other through the eyes because everybody is in deep hiding. Mm. And they, they put a face that we, if, you're, um, if you go through the art system, the art, art sausage factory, um, <laughs> You're, you're given a particular story and it's through the education system and it's through um, the, the industry and it's, it's, this is, art's been boxed, you know, this is what art is, it's all very palatable, it's all very 
Um, it, it, it works within our framework. You can sell it, it's branded, it's all very neatly packaged. Um, and so a lot of artists are given that and they go, well, I'm actually experiencing this, but I can't talk about that because we're told that this is what art is. It's, you know, it's, it's a product, it's a painting, it's a piece of music, it's, you know, and you're not allowed to work across art disciplines either. It's just like you're either a filmmaker or a painter or um, a dancer. You, you can't be all of those things, I'm afraid. And so, it, and it, all of it sits within a sort of like a framework of, of working within industry because then you can sell the service, you can sell the product. Um, and so what you've got is therefore a lot of artists who've been taught this idea of scarcity, that there aren't many places, there aren't many artists that can get to the top. We, you know, the amount of times I'm told about Van Gogh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, you keep getting given that myth. Um, and so you, so a lot of the artists who are um, channeling their work, because I used to, you know, when I was painting, um, you know, I used to just look back at the end of the painting and just go, who, who made that? You disappear. You can disappear sometimes for two days. You know, I'd, I'd have a studio in London after I graduated and I would just be painting, painting. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, two days have gone past. Wow. <laughs> who That's did that painting? <laughs> that, that's what I that's what I uh, wanted to ask you just before you brought up. Can you get into this thing about the uh, the channeling work? Because I actually interviewed um, uh, now Sandy Ingo. Do you know Sandy Ingo, the spirit painter? And she's in in the UK where uh, she believes that uh, Da Vinci is painting through her, and she paints uh, dead people. If you've ever seen her stuff, and she talks about this thing where she just disappears, and the hand starts to paint and and it comes out and she doesn't know, uh, you know, what it's what it's about or anything like that. So describe the, this channeling process of, of art for people that aren't artists and don't understand this. Well, I mean, what you've got is you've got this world of imagination. You've got your inner senses and your outer senses. The Greeks talked about the inner senses and then it got sort of lost along the way. And it's this wonderful creative world of imagination. And ultimately what you're doing is taking that inner landscape and you're putting it onto a canvas, onto music, onto um, uh, you know what, whatever art form, into sort of somatic movement and dance. And so we get the inspiration. But ultimately, when you start putting your sort of like you, you put your tool on the canvas, as it were, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen next. You've got this inner landscape. But usually what then happens is that you get very much into process. Um, and process seems to be the way through and into this. So it's kind of um, when you're painting, for instance, it's very rhythmic. Uh, it's, it's a very rhythmic, repetitive kind of motion and you're doing this kind of movement and you're doing this flow and you're very much in your body when you're doing it. And then you're working with the sort of like the colours and connecting to the colours and then you're working with the shapes and making the shapes balance. It's constantly about balance and you, you get very, I suppose you almost sort of like hypnotise yourself by getting into, it, it, they call it flow in terms of creativity that's that's the sort of technical word for it you you go into flow and you 
you're basically um, working rhythmically um, and you're working with sort of like the senses and you're kind of working with trying to put them into patterns almost. But there's a point where your brain, your left brain completely switches off because you've kind of probably almost hypnotized yourself. It's probably the equivalent of listening to a shamanic drum mm -hmm. so that you can turn that left brain off. And there's different methods of turning that off. You do it through body movement. You can do it through chanting. You know, you, you, we don't all have to do ayahuasca to do it. We do it all <laughs> the time. You do it when you're driving, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, and so you, you go into that sort of like very deep altered state of consciousness. And I'd say, I, what I say is that you can't remember afterwards where you've been necessarily. You don't necessarily have a recollection or a memory other than you've been very focused on getting the composition balanced and the colors balanced that for me and then that takes it to another level because then what i've been very very interested in and the thing that i've probably spent most of my adult life doing is how can you then do that with others um and so how can you then do that with um, other artists where you go into a flow state collectively together mm. through body and movement through color through sound um uh, and you know through through speech how can you get into that sort of like intense moment collectively and then you come out the other side and go what did we just make and this is where for me the art world tells you that the art is about the product but ultimately for me it's about the process because that process of flow that altered state of consciousness that you go into as an artist to create that product it's a temporal process but that process is um it, it, it's it's really the essence of what art is and i really think it's very exciting not just working as an individual artist but working collectively because it's an incredibly powerful energetic thing that you're doing and it is almost ritualistic yeah. um and so, yeah, that's that's the thing that I've been really particularly interested in. Can you describe the process of, of understanding that you had to talk to these people? How did you arrange to get other artists? And is there a technique you use? Because I, I talk flow state as well. And I know when I'm in the flow state, but I really don't do anything to get it. I just know when it's there. I'm in the flow state and sit quietly and get ready to write down what's coming. And uh, this is, it's like it's real, the difference between a thought and you're talking to God. It's like, oh, I, I know what this is. I've, it's almost like you've been there before, you've seen it before, you recognize it. So what was the process that you used? Cause you got the message in 2015. So what was the process you used to find these artists and what kind of process do you go through to do this joint collective experience? So the, the, the thing with being kind of almost in hiding around this and still sort of like balancing the fact that you can't quite fully come out about what we're doing because when you're co-creating i say that you're co-creating with the other artists but i think you're also co-creating with entities or spirit or whatever it is or energy beyond the 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 visible perceivable world that our senses give us and our brain is allowed to compute um i think what what you're often doing is balancing it so what i started to do from 2015 is that it was a call going out to do residencies with artists to come together to co-create new work and those what those pieces of work what i found is it works really well with installation work 
or with um, performance. Um, but with artists from different disciplines, so musicians working together with dancers, working together with graphic artists and people who do writing, you know, really mixing up the different art forms and then putting people within a sort of pressure cooker, intense situation where they're kind of living, eating, co making art together. And then what, what seems to happen within that process is that people sort of go into this flow state together, then they sort of crack up because it's really intense. And they usually sort of like, it, it usually goes off like a firework um, because um, artists are very used to working and having their own sort of autonomy in what they're doing. But then what happens is it just suddenly settles down and then this flow happens and the performance comes out of it or um, uh, visual art, installation, music, comes out of that process collectively together. So it's quite fascinating. And I'm interested in, I do it with communities, young people, and I've taken that model and doing it with other artists as well, which is much more difficult than working with community. Community are a lot more open sometimes to it. But I'm interested in it because I think it's a really valuable process for society. It's really valuable for us to understand how we can collectively work together as individuals, but also as a collective. Um, and we've got to learn it because we, we've not been brought up knowing how to do it. But when we go into that state of flow, um, what I've done is over those, what's it, since 2000, 2015, is come up with different uh, methods. And I keep doing different methods all the time. I find that it's very useful. Obviously, you've got to have a common aim, a common intention, a common goal. It's good to have... Um, the pressure cooker of knowing that you've got an audience at the end of it, so it has to happen. Um, and then also then putting equipment into place. So like the last project that I did, which was in July, um, June, July, was we got this like um, horseshoe shaped uh, structure and everybody was on it and balancing on it because there were quite a lot of circus artists working within it. So people were balancing and moving and then that created a sort of rhythm and then that created a dance performance almost and then that in, it affected the music and the rhythm of the music. Um, before that, in Sweden, we did a project where we had a big kind of tower, we had a, a big pole to focus the energy down and then everybody danced around this pole um and started and they worked in pairs and they were like having to support each other in pairs so the movement was flowing together so apparatus helps mm -hmm. um and then having a sort of theme for what that piece is going to be but they're very abstract pieces yeah. so the process is abstract and the final piece is very abstract too but it's kind of resonating you have, you have to uh, initiate these people or describe what's happening or does everybody seem to know uh, like you seem to understand the whole process mm -hmm. and that you can do this do you have to sort of tell people this is what we're going to do and this is where we're opening and the flow state or does it just happen do these people understand it as well as you do that there's this this oneness and this connect connectivity between everything yeah i find that if i tell people at the beginning they're going to run a mile <laughs> <laughs> And also it's for them to take what they need from it. So I don't want to also impose my opinion, my bias into yeah. the process. And people will go as deep as they need to be going at that point and what they're prepared to do. But there is sometimes resistance in that process. But I still think that because they're just like, what's going on? What are we doing? Um, 
but at the same time there's I think it's almost like I don't want to ruin the surprise mm. one of the projects that I did in Lithuania by the end of it the the artists were like it was the most beautiful moment because all the artists had their arms linked together and we were all walking down the street everybody was just in a different state of mind and they were just going together we're better together we're better together we're better oh. chanting walking down the street it was such a quite a remarkable moment whereas when we started with the artists they said no this doesn't happen in lithuania because yeah. it's you know there's they, they're like a nation who see themselves as victim repressed from the soviet regime and that nothing ever happens here and everybody's leaving to go and live in other countries and this is not a place where things happen this is not a place where where we make it happen and then at the end everyone's linked arms together we're better all different the other thing is people are, I, a lot of the time when i'm working in these european projects there's people all work, working with different languages but we're connecting through the unified art language so we so sometimes it's good to have a barrier of um language because you have to work a lot more telepathically you're having to work with you you're you're having to work with your eyes to connect with your eyes your thoughts are synchronizing the synchronicities that happen in terms of the words that come out because the artists all start saying the same words as each other um it, it, it there's a point where everyone attunes basically um and i think yeah i don't tell them beforehand and maybe i should some my my conscience is isn't completely uh clear because sometimes i think maybe i should be telling them beforehand but also it's like for them to have that experience and go as deep as they want yeah, i like it like you said um i think in my mind if people are a little lost in what you're trying to explain like at a very simple level kind of what you're describing is a, a jam session with musicians i think we've all been in a pub or a bar and it's like you see the band they kind of start looking at each other and they're like going with it and then the next thing you know this is where i say don't tell people because the next thing you know it's like you have their bandmate passing out the tambourines and the harmonica next thing you know the whole pub has like joined in and they're playing along with this and then there's always the person that like they think they're going to mess it up and their friends get them to join in and then they just add to it so much. So I can understand like this collectiveness, like I have experienced it with music and I wish I was a better artist in other factions, but I can see this and I'm Grant, you might like this since you just came off your Illinois metaphysical tribe, but can't you imagine like a big tribe event like this where it's like there's there's this collective art piece going along with a CE5 circle, like yeah. it'd just be great. And the music, like dancing is one thing I do to kind of raise my vibration and get in the field. And so when it's that rhythm, after you hear a rhythm for so long, you your heartbeats even sync together and it's just, it's amazing. So I love hearing you describe it as well. And yeah, I think what I want to ask is when you're in these collective states with other people, have you guys received messages like is I know you said you try to focus something like with an intent, you know, so you guys are all on the same page. But once you send this out into the universe, do you guys receive a message back or is there? Yeah. 
Yeah, you can, you receive messages, you're getting messages from spirit, or we don't know the word, so we've just been saying the word spirit, because we found that a useful one. Um, you're, you're getting messages um, an, uh, an awful lot, um, and different artists getting them at different points. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones who are probably most open to the idea of it, and more, maybe more practiced in it, are, are receiving those. So um, one of the projects that I've been working on is a project called Libertalia, and it started between um, myself and an artist called Isabel Lagos, in, who's based in Sweden. We met in Croatia. We got one of those uh, uh, synchronistic phone calls uh, from uh, Capital of Culture in in um, in Croatia, they, in Rijeka. They were doing Capital Culture, and they said, "Would you like to come over and work with our artists, our producers, to help us um, train them up to be ready for a, a Capital of Culture?" And so we met in 2019, I think it was, and we sat downstairs in in a bar in the hotel that they put us up in. And we started, we would just say, we just realized we were very sort of like worked in very, very similar ways. We call ourselves hot palm artists because the healing energy comes out of, there's also a healing element to what we're doing. The energy comes, comes out and we're sort of like, you know, the left brain trying to grapple what's going on but the right brain just saying just go with it flow with it and um these pirates started to come through (laughs) so i started channeling the voice of um pirates from the um sort of uh, 16 17 1800s and it it transpired that isabel was running a pirate house that was owned by pirates in sweden in gothenburg um, and we, you know, it, it was a bit of a journey over the sort of like next year. We were told in 20, we were told December 2019 by these pirates is going to be a, a great reset and you really need to hurry up on this. Hurry up. Um, and it was the reset word. We were just telling all the artists, there's reset coming, there's reset coming. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, yeah, so the Libertalia project is very much, it's it's the story, we've then done co-creation around it, but the story has been channeled by the these these pirates who were co-creator pirates. And they were, they were you know, sort of looking to create um, a different way of, of life. They wanted to get out of empire and live a different way of life. And so we've looked at how they then worked collectively with them how they told us about it how they then work collectively and um and then we've looked at that model for the co-creation model so yeah so we're constantly getting messages through um at the same time as that i got um i personally got messages through from giant ants that are about six foot tall that came to move into that moved into my house for a bit um and um they gave a very important message around the co-creation um, the the message came onto my hand. It was shown on my hand, um, and uh, I got given a sort of a symbol that looked like that. And it was it said connect. I said, well, what does that symbol mean? It was glowing. It was moving around, and they said you need connection. Um, this is this is a message for for how we need to co-create as humanity. I think you need to be able to connect to each other, and in order to be able to connect to each other, you need to have um, compassion and that came as a symbol which was a line here with a shape there coming out and that you need to have compassion in your heart for each other in order to be open enough to connect and the other message came through is that you need power 
And that came through as a symbol like that, like an upside down Y. But I've been told that it can go both ways. It doesn't matter. Um, and that you need power. And what I realized from that is you need to be able to, it's not just about how, it's, it's not just the fact that there are people who have, who give power over, but a lot of us as artists, especially co-creator artists, uh, give our power away constantly. And that's probably the biggest problem. We're constantly giving our power away. So that, that message came through very, very strongly around self-power, um, or, or I could almost say higher self-power. So it's that sense of sort of just simply just sitting within that because this is where all the um, the stuff comes through when we're co-creating, where things inflame, you know, the ego inflaming, uh, people just feeling insecure because it's a really difficult process to get your head around. When you're in it, you're in flow and it's great, but there's resistance to go into it. And I understand that. So the power is important. You've got, we've all got to be able to hold our own power in order to do this. And then the last symbol that I was given is that's a formula. You put those two, those three together, um, connectivity, compassion, and power, and you put those together and that equals unity. And then that was given as a figure of eight that was flowing in this motion, um, as like light. And so that was a very important message. It came with a blue beam of light and these ant beings, um, are presenting it so yeah you're constantly getting given messages for the next thing and you get given them i think when you need them this, um, this is absolutely fascinating um so let me ask you 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 talk about lithuania and sweden and the united kingdom are you sort of um you're being directed you're being given sort of instruction is this sort of a worldwide movement that you're part of where um you're acting on the, on somebody's behalf or following the the instruction you're getting and talk about how how wide this has gone and have you ever looked at gotten stuff to do in america or do they want this as a worldwide thing it, it seems like you're sort of at the center of a message that they want out for the world but i'd be correct yeah there is that, yeah, there is a message. In, and I think, um, as I was saying earlier, it's like, I'm saying this now, it's really difficult, because it's like, I mean, I can talk. But um, in terms of the Irish in me, um, but in terms of being able to come out and talk about this, you know, it's not it's not the done thing. Uh, not if you want to be sort of taken seriously, we're told. But I've been told very strongly, we've got to get the message out. We've got to be able to talk about this because it is about helping humanity to learn how to find how they can be an individual and have their identity, but also be able to work collectively for, for the common good, I suppose. So through the process of doing art, the art gives you the message. It gives you the process. Um, and you can get within that flow state, but it's also a, a way of, of being for, for how we could be as humans. Um, from 2015, when that message came through, um, I was working with um, a UK arts organization and I just um, started putting some applications out for things. So um, to, to do these types of projects, they gave me the um, autonomy to, to do that. Um, and so, um, and now I've gone back to working as a sole trader again, which I'm very comfortable with. It's what I've always done. Uh, what is really. that? Can you define um, that? Like I work it as an independent. Um, I like my autonomy. <laughs> so, 
Um, but it was very useful at that time in 2015 because I had the umbrella of a larger arts organisation underneath me. So I put some applications out and um, ended up working with British Council, who I'd worked with sort of in the 90s um, uh, as a sole trader, but working out in West Africa, working with um, artists over there. And then from there, they then got me to go and work in um, Brazil um, on the Rio Olympics, again, working with this process of co-creation. Um, and, uh, and again, working across Europe on European projects with uh, applications that I'd written for European money to connect artists. And then um, I'm writing some of this stuff up for a PhD in Australia, and then I've connected in in Canada with a university in Canada to, to um, connect artists up. So all these opportunities to connect people um, just came through really easily. I didn't really look for it. It just, it came to me almost. Um, and it's not necessarily that all the artists are receptive to this. They don't all want to work in this way, but I suppose it's giving them a blueprint and allowing and giving them permission to be able to work in the way that they probably always have worked anyway. So it almost sounds like they're sort of putting these things in your path to help you fulfill it. So are you documenting, you said you're doing a PhD in Australia? So yeah, uh, how, was... are you, how, how do you get the message out? Like you're coming here on this show and a lot of artists will be watching it. You'll probably get some contacts, but how do you get the message out? Or is that something that you really haven't figured out yet? I'm, I'm in a bit of a flow state. Uh, so yes, I'm just, I'm flowing with it. But yeah, the um, the message came, you've got to write this down. So that's where the PhD came from. It's like, you have to write this process. You've got to document this process. And I've got, I mean, like I, the co-creation process I've been doing since the 90s. And like I said, I've done it with, with community, um, especially around cohesion, because it works very well around cohesion. It's got a real healing quality to it. It gets very, very deep. Um, and so I've been on this journey for, for a long time, and I know I'm not the only artist on this journey as well, at all. We're, we're all out there. And it was only 2015, which was, you need to all find each other now. Now's the time to find each other. And what I, I remember doing a piece of research in 2014, where I talked to a lot of artists in, uh, I think I talked to something like 60 artists in the UK. Um, and it, pretty much everybody were islands working unto themselves. Um, but they were co-creators because they were working with community creating art. And um, they all had very similar methodologies. And what's really interesting is that the methodologies that we all use, um, everybody, they, it's not taught. None of this is really taught. It will be in the future, but it's, it's getting there, but it's not quite taught at the moment. So people have come to those methodologies themselves. Um, the conflict is that because they've come to it themselves, they can be quite protective and say, well, that's my methodology. But really what I'd say is that we're being guided, we're pinking it up, we're being, we're open and we're having it fed, fed into us as a methodology to then do with communities, other artists, young people, elderly, what, whatever groups we're being directed to work with. So, um, so yeah, so I think that, uh, again, there's the resistance in terms of, we don't want to come out and, you know, sort of lose our reputation through this because this is not what artists are traditionally meant to be and then the other resistance can potentially be well I came up with that idea that's my idea um, 
<laughs> when I think, I mean, and I'm not, I'm never saying that this is my idea at all. Co-creation is, is out there. Absolutely. I suppose all I'm saying is we need to be aware as artists that when we're co-creating with other artists or with community, we're also co-creating with place. That's very important because place talks to you um, very, very strongly. And we're also, we're co-creating with other than human whether that's the plants and the mountains and the trees or whether that's the beings beyond that. And then on top of that, we're also co-creating with spirit because we're getting these very clear and strong messages that come through to us, especially when we're within that altered state of consciousness of flow through rhythm and music and chanting and whatever we do to get there. I, th I think there is a special role for artists because that's what I've sort of pointed out with musicians that you have this <clears throat> sort of aspect where they have this tie in and that's why I always say, like, uh, whether like the female brain, the right brain is has been locked down by the left brain. You know, the, the idea that it's like a like a football game, like a soccer game. And it's like me versus you, good versus bad. We're going to win at all costs and stuff like that. And I always said, like with with women that, you know, hopefully women take over the world before it's too late because the men are busy destroying it. So I think there is that positive aspect that. Uh, you have to rely on, I think, artists who are in that world, even though they may be a little hesitant to come out, they can understand it. Whereas if you talk to somebody who's in the left brain world, they're going to go like, time out, I'm, le I'm leaving, like, don't even talk to me anymore. They, they just don't get it. So I think if there's, the world is going to be saved, I think it's people like your mission and the mission of musicians and stuff to change it into a more of a right brained female unity world where everything's one everything's family and this sort of thing so i i acknowledge where in canada are, are you because i'm from canada so where where had you contacts here in terms of the doing this hey uh victoria oh yeah that's uh that's like god's country it's sort of like uh almost like california like san francisco where there's <laughs> a lot of a lot of artists my i've got some relatives that live there so and they're into art and stuff like that so that would be the place that would make sense that would be uh BC and uh, on the island there. Yeah, when I went there, it was the first time I'd ever breathed air. I hadn't realized <laughs> that my whole life I hadn't been breathing air. It's the <laughs> freshest, cleanest, most beautiful air you can breathe. <laughs> wow. So you've been around, around the world. The you, you, world. <laughs> you, you've been all around the world. Did you Did you find, did you have to, is it, I mean, you're funded for all this stuff because you you travel on it quite a bit for. Yeah, it's it's um, public money, so it comes under the the banner of um, it's either when you work in a community, it's about cohesion, yeah. and, and you sort of connecting groups that are experiencing difference, and so that you can find that uh, understanding, mutual understanding, you know, sort of shared memories, commonality. It just brings community together, um, and then. Um, you on the other side it's also working with artists to do, um, develop cultural ecosystems because uh, i think it's important to recognize that we're not an island we don't just work on our own that it's really good to work within strong cultural um, ecologies whether that's a, a rural network of artists connecting together or a city of artists connecting together and then if cities and cities connect then the artists can tour and take their work and so you're creating um, opportunity so it's about connecting people so that they can create those opportunities for themselves um, and i think that i think again another one of those barriers is this power thing because a lot of the artists working within community or co-creation they're um, very giving and they're sometimes very gentle 
kind kind of people, maybe sort of a bit quieter and so um, softer. And it is like you say, it's that feminine attribute. It's not, it's not necessarily masculine or feminine. It's just the feminine attribute within all of us needs to be able to balance right. because the masculine element pushes forward. My art degree was just pure masculine attribute. As long as you can go for that and chase it and compete and you get there with that scarcity. Whereas this is, this is a different way. This is just simply saying there's no scarcity. Let's just work collectively together and together we really can create, um, uh, uh, we, can, we can create an audience that wants to connect to art. We can, we can create artwork which is richer and brighter and better because we can bring music and paintings and we can bring all the different art forms together and make it really much richer. So, so it is very much sort of like together we can work together. It goes into all sorts as well, because art also then goes into the whole world of sort of like permaculture and growing and food and art goes into it too. It's, it's, it's so wide. It really is. It's a beautiful message too. And Grant, I believe just the other night you and I were having our, our talk on Spaced Out Radio and we brought up um, that oneness doesn't necessarily mean we're all alike and we're all exactly the same. It's more like in the oneness, all of our differences unite us and make us stronger, which was something you brought up with that ultimate symbol adding up to unity. And that's just beautiful. It's a wonderful message for the entire world. Or should we say galaxy, multiverse? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've been taught that we're just one thing and we're not. Right. And that we, we can be an individual and we can be um, a unity consciousness at the same time. And we can be experiencing that at the same time. It's, it's like we have a left brain and a right brain. We have this left brain, which is experiencing space and time. And we have that right brain uh, while we're awake, experiencing a completely separate thing. And we can work with those dualities. We just accept that we're both. We don't have to be one or the other. We don't have to choose. <laughs> are, are you optimistic in terms of like you see the, the constant more and more division all the time and in the world? Are you optimistic that we're going to be able to or that you or all the people that are on this uh, understanding are going to be able to shift it in time? Well, it's interesting because I talked I talk to the ants um, yesterday or the day before and the wow. ants were saying they're concerned. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I do think that this is this is the make or break, but it's um, a very interesting time to be to be here. Um, you, am I optimistic? Well, you know what? It's the only it's the only path. So we yeah. have to make it happen. It's as simple as that, really. Do you, do you feel honored to be a part of this? Because, I mean, you've talked about the shift. And and if you know the Chandler Bashar, he said uh, before it happened, he said next year is going to be. Very, what do you call it, Nicole? He had a word for it. It's going to be uh, crazy. He called it, it's going to be absolutely crazy. Stay out of the middle of this thing. And there's a channeler I follow, um, Paul Selleck, who said, uh, you always think that there's there's the, um, the, the thing that you have to worry about is on top of the table, whether you're going to put uh, milk or cream into your tea or your coffee. And he did this channeling session. He didn't even recall it. Somebody else brought it up where he said, uh, the table is about to be turned upside down. 
and all that was built in fear is going to come to the surface. And so you you have got this same sort of message about this shift, about the fact that you've got to move now. This this is is taking on to be at the leading edge, whatever your role is. So that's why I always see it is is that you're awake and almost like the Bible says, too much is given, much is expected. That because you understand, you can't say, well, you know, I just didn't have time. I, you know, I, 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 I had other things to do that you, you've been given this information. Do you feel this urgency and do you feel very honored to be a part of this thing that's- Yeah, I, I know my, the most important thing is I'm just being, I just keep getting to hurry up. <laughs> in 2019 i had no idea why they were saying hurry up <laughs> they're saying hurry up. um i i think yeah it's an absolute pri privilege and you know because i'm sitting in the art world i say well we're sitting in front row seats at the moment we've got the front row seats what a privilege to be in the front row seats not even with restricted visibility it's yeah. fantastic um but yeah i think i mean like there's there's messages that come through um I think last week I was told about um, humanity splitting in two between watchers and makers. Um, and so I was given that message is, is this kind of split. But then I was also then given the image of the golden thread that connected both the watchers and the makers. The watchers, um, you can you can look into that. You know, I just get the, given these and then I have to sort of research what these terms terms mean. But watches can be sort of like perceived as the, the people maybe observing, but they're also a different type of human, I've been told. But the makers are the ones who create. I suppose they manifest, they co-create reality. So, but the, the two are connected through this golden thread, which connects everything in the universe. Um, and so it's important to understand that within that duality, we also have that connection and then the other message that I got a little while back was that it, I, I was told, I was told it's, it's not rule of three anymore. It's more like rule of five. Mm -hmm. And, and from ruler, I then obviously had to go, I, I have to yeah, sit there and work out what these things mean. Rule, <laughs> rule of three. Um, you can think of it in this way. You can think of it. If you, if you put a thought out there, like I, I don't like that person, that negativity is going to come back at you threefold. Or you can put it this way, you can go, um, I want the very best for this person, or um, that's going to come back at you threefold. But now it, it will come back at you fivefold. So you've got to be very careful of, of your, you know, we, we've got to, I suppose, in a way, be able to train our mind, um, work more, um, uh, work with more responsibility around our minds, um, because it will come back fivefold. But it also seems to be the speed as well. Um, so we had a lovely moment when we did the co-creation with the artists in July and it was in Liverpool um, and it was it was um, thunder and lightning and we had all the audience turning up and everybody had been working so hard to create this performance, two performances, no three performances, we were insane and so our, the artists all went into a circle and we did an intention and we just, everybody just sat in the circle and we did an intention, it was just to put forward what we wanted for that day. I didn't tell anyone what to think or, or what intention to put forward. Um, but I knew that everybody was basically saying they didn't want it to rain. Because <laughs> 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 we didn't want rain and thunder. 
um, during this performance, but it was an outdoor performance and, uh, you know, the stage would have been slippy and let's face it, you can't really dance and perform and do jumps and things on a slippy stage. Um, and so, um, yeah, we got, um, we got a weather window and we got it for the exact period of time that we needed to do these three performances. Um, a mile down the road, it was thunder and lightning all day. Wow. Um, over the over that whole area, but there was just a little circle just around us, mm. little weather window. So yeah, the artists are you know collectively capable of also manifesting together in some way with that intention. I'll I'll let Nicole get a question. But I got to get something in here quickly because uh, I'll forget about it. But when you mention this message, you almost see this synchronicity of all the people. I mentioned this Paul Selleck. I just discovered this guy about a month ago and I listened to everything he's done, like 30, 40 hours of podcasts and stuff. And what he said is the message he's been given is almost identical to what you were saying, that everything is divinity. It's all divine. That when you separate something from the divine, when you take it and put it into darkness, that will draw you into the darkness. And then he said, the other thing he said that the basic message was whatever you damn and whoever you damn damns you back and whatever you bless will bless you in return. And this is the guy that said the table's going to get up, turned upside down. And that's the same sort of message you have is this idea that whatever you put out comes back. This sort of idea of what goes around comes around, or as Bashar says, what you put out comes back. And so the message is coming across, you're getting it in a, in a different aspect, but when you look across the, the spectrum, there are different entities or whatever is intelligence that is putting these messages through various people. And you're talking again about this time frame that everybody talks about this time frame that something is about to happen. Like the UFO experiencers will all say, what, why, why am I being taken? What's going on? And they, they'll say, when the time is right, you'll know what to do. And it's the same sort of thing as like, there's a shift taking place or whatever's happening and everybody's sort of being alerted. And there are certain people who are carrying this message and you're one of them. Yeah. And like, um, one of the other things um, is that there's been a like increase in beings that I've seen recently. It's, it, it started in uh, February, 2020. It just felt like there was just a massive increase in the sort of like, I, I, you'd be seeing blue beings and, you know, ant beings and all sorts of different uh, beings that you'd never seen before. And they're all, they all seem to be coming in to, to watch. <laughs> so, after a quick question. Yeah. I mean, you're laughing and smiling here. It doesn't sound like even the giant ants made you go, ah, there's a giant ant. Like, so talk to me about that. I mean, most people see a giant ant, they're going to look for a giant fly swatter or at least run away. Like, so you're, you're encountering other beings and you're, you realize that that's what it is. Have you ever had those moments where you're taken aback or is it like meeting part of your family? Like, Oh, I, I mean, like you've just got to be, it, it, you know, like we all come in different forms. I mean, like I, when I, when I first met the answer, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, they look very different to us. They look very different. They really do. I, I mean, they're sort of like, they're not even like ant ants. They sort of like on their, they, they walk on their four legs and they're upright and they have their antenna and they've got like these big eyes and they talk telepathically. And uh, <laughs> yes, they do. And 
and like even just their hands and just they've got like they they they've got like a shell casing you know it's like an external exoskeleton the mantids and it's like overwhelming love you know it's like when you're in the presence of one of these giant mantis looking beings that's it's like the ultimate love so i was wondering if it was similar with the ants or if it was like the ultimate giggles or something you know you just you just have to go okay i'm seeing that now Mm. (laughs) okay okay not seen that one before this is new um and um and then like you know if you're talking to friends yeah this one standing here right next to me now Because it's a different frequency. It's just yeah. simply just tuning the dial. Um, and um, yeah, the ants have lived here longer than us. They're, 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 they're great. They're obviously fantastic in terms of co-creation and understanding how to work collectively. So they're great in terms of guiding that. Um, is, it, is it great love? I don't know. They, they sort of moved in. Like I'd be like, one of them's looking in my fridge. <laughs> and one was lying down in, in, on the sofa. I mean, they they just moved in, and it was like I was being observed because they like the first time I saw them, it was like one of them just looked at me, and he just like, "You can see me." <laughs> <laughs> he was more shocked than me, I think. And well, that's what, that was kind of that's my always thought. The other side of this, it's like we see these beads, and we're taken aback and wrap our head around it. It's like, what do they think when they're like see a human? You know, they're like ah skinny looking fleshy pink thing or like what is that look at those tiny eyes like I don't know why is there really hair on top of their head like I don't know and the smile factor we always laugh like we smile that means we're happy do they think we're trying to eat them like ah. <laughs> you know showing our teeth so it's I think luckily we're in different dimensions so I, I think, think yeah. I think a good way to put it though is once you recognize that spirit, it doesn't matter what the shell or the meat suit is, you know, it's like we're connected by spirit or the ultimate consciousness or, and we can recognize that in, in others. So it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing yeah. so much. You have to be open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can I ask you about healing you mentioned? And I actually was trained as a Bankston healer. And they had this method, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it was basically, as soon as I heard it, I went, this is right brain, left brain, that what they gave you is 20 ego images. I want a new apartment, looks like this, and it's this big. And you imagine all these ego things that your left brain would really love to have. And then you cycle these things in your head and they teach you to do it faster and faster and faster and faster until you can do it thousands of seconds you're doing these things and they're just spinning around in your head and that basically sends the left brain off for tea and coffee and then the, the you get the healer out of the way and then the healing comes through so i want to i want to ask you about the the healing with the hands because they described to us that your right brain that the heat would come out of the left hand which is run by the right brain the female brain mm. and i still remember in the training session i was absolutely because i never thought it would happen i was absolutely floored when suddenly this heat was coming out of my left hand. I went, these people are making this up. This is for real. So tell me about the healing that that that's involved with with what you have. Well, I mean, like, I think it was, I think I've always been doing it, but um, I uh, I was always doing it with, with working in community and I wanted to know more of what was happening. And it's that thing of when you can be more conscious of these tools, you can use them better. 
And so it was, it was always running through and out my hands, but I didn't know what was going on. And so then I went, um, I, I walked into a shop in a bookshop in LA and there was a guy just teaching healing. Um, and he just came up to me and I, and said, you're a healer. I was like, okay. Wow. And, <laughs> and he said, Oh good. You're lucky. You're from England. You can go where I learned how to be a healer. And he wrote down the, he wrote down the name. A healing trust in in England, and so I I just went through their their training system. It's very simple, but um, I I learned their process because I think it's like anything, isn't it? It's like it's it's good to know the different methods. There's just many methods, and you yeah, find the yeah. ones that are right for you, and you can mix and match. So so with the healing, it's it's um, you do the grounding, and then you bring the energy through down. It's very important to do the grounding because for me, you've got to bring the energy up as well because um you know we've got this inverted idea that it's bad down there when really it's it's full of love and that's where healing happens so you you pull the energy up through the earth and you then also pull it pull it down through the, you know sort of wherever it's coming it can come there's a beautiful light down and then you just al al allow it to attune into you and then suddenly your hands will turn on and then they get very hot and then you can you I, I usually work in the etheric field rather than hands-on because we're in it's we're in an electric field you know science is proving this we're okay we're not we're not mad and um and so it seems that one hand is putting the energy in and the other hand is sucking it out so it seems like it's oh, acting okay. like a pump and with those hands as well you can feel uh, you can usually feel what's going on within within the body. It's kind of a rebalancing, a recalibration, but you're simply just a channel. You're just a conduit. Um, yeah. You're you're simply being used as a vessel because you're sitting within this dimension, um, and you're you're able to work as a sort of like I suppose an antenna, transmitter, receiver. Yeah. And as long as you've put the intention that you're happy to be that person doing that, then it'll come through and often when you're doing that healing I'll see beings uh, I'll see people's guides I also say that healing is a co-healing process uh, oh, yeah, because yeah. it's the person being healed who needs to be in the process with you and it's important to say that we're not the healers we're just the exactly. channel exactly yeah. there's, there's a funny joke that I don't know if you follow the how much the UFO stuff you follow but Ray Hernandez, who uh, did this big survey with 3,000 experiencers, people who believe that had contact with a non-human intelligence, whatever he wanted to find it, said, if I had a dollar for every person who does recce healing in this field, I'd be a rich man. And it's, yeah. it seems to come with it. Like when you open up, then that comes as well. So uh, one last question I have that I want to ask you is, what's what would be if you were to talk to people based upon your extensive experience in terms of interacting with intelligence and being told stuff and and learning and understanding what will be your view of the world how does how does it actually work what are we here for what where are we going what's this all about um yeah it's interesting isn't it i mean you sometimes question whether you're even human if you're you know <laughs> if you're yeah. sitting and having these experiences and you do wonder why some people have them and some people don't like my family have them it's in my family but it's rare to it's it's rare to find which is great because you're not on your own but it's yeah. rare to find um it could just be we're all just collectively mad um, <laughs> <laughs> created that together but um 
but it's like you you do wonder sort of like why you're here and why other people aren't having that experience but i was always told actually as a child it's in all of us it's in all of us you just just open up to it as as much or as little as, as you wish i was always told we're all the same we all have the same uh capabilities um and it's how how much and how far we want to go in terms of um my my kind of like mission and purpose i do think that it is my name means helper that's what alexis means helper it's probably why there's the alexis out there that people ask what the weather's like and <laughs> it's probably because it means helper so yeah I, I suppose that is my role and that's what i've done is is to work to create cohesion between people and connection between people all my life um what's my ethos yeah i think we're probably sort of doing this um for source for um the creator what, whatever we want to call it this this amazing uh, energy and force that has created all of all of the this world these worlds and i think we're sort of sitting there and maybe our role here is to learn to be what a human is i don't think we're all human yet it's to learn what a human is and what a human's capable of because i think we've barely scratched the surface and then to to take our place with within within the universe within that but yeah i think our role's here to to learn what it is to be human and um, my purpose is probably to help um, with, with some of that. It's very difficult. I mean, one of the things when you give them precog dreams, the thing I learned is you've got to share what you've just seen. Yeah. And so that's really simply it. You just got to simply share. It doesn't mean that you have the answers and it's not that you're yeah. responsible for everything that you've seen, because some of these things are beyond your control, but you've got to be able to share it right. uh, with, with your tribe <laughs> <laughs> in order to help. <laughs> <laughs> beyond that i have no idea and sometimes i'm just told not to worry we'll never be able to comprehend it <laughs> i think yeah. that's that's a beautiful way to wrap this up though and i think it fits perfectly with what we were discussing about right right brain and left brain and duality because for if we continue with that for however many of us there are pushing this envelope and speaking about it, the dualistic side of that would be that there is the other side that is going to be quiet and maybe just listen and they won't come forth with it or they might be in opposition, but achieving the balance is the goal. It's not to have more on one side than the other. So we keep talking, they'll keep listening. The balance stays maintained. <laughs> Maybe but, Alexis, have you got any um, websites or um, way people can contact you and learn about yourself? Because I think it's so extremely important. I didn't know about you. And I hear now you're doing a PhD and you're documenting this stuff. And it seems like you have a, a, a significant role or a significant message, I guess it would be, that I think people need to hear. So how would they contact you? And do you have a, um, a, a website where you document this stuff? And I guess the, the other thing I would want to ask is if we have a panel, whether you can come on, because I think we do have these panels with artists where I think you would be a, a great uh, reservoir for everybody else to bounce stuff off of, because you seem to be really at the leading edge of, of, of the what I think is a very important uh, subject. That's really lovely of you to say, and I, I'd be delighted 
I'd really be delighted to sort of take part. So um, first comes with apologies. I'm absolutely awful with social media and uh, all forms of websites. I've had that many websites that I've never tended to or gardened and, and, and looked after. It, I'm, I'm, it's really interesting for someone who's, who's all about connecting. I really do connect. It, it, I seem to want to work on a more sort of <laughs> etheric level <laughs> than an internet level. Um, there's um, a, a YouTube channel called Collective Moves, which is collectivemoves.co.uk, I think it is. I think it's called that or .com, I think it's .co.uk. Um, and so that's sort of just the, it's just an infant site where artists who are co-creating, we're, we're putting their videos up and starting the movement of getting artists to work collectively. And there will be a website, which will be collectivemoves.com, which is sitting there saying, coming soon, if you Google <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you can you can reach me through you can reach me through that, um, and I and also it's very important to say that it's I mean like that this 2015 search to find others you know find yeah. find each other is it's it's like even last night I had um, a dream which is yeah we all need to come together and work together it's 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 really pretty important so I'm very I'd love to meet others who are working in this way or open to working in this way. I will make a pretty safe prediction here. After we post these videos and audio, we usually get a lot of feedback and people are wondering how they can get a hold of our guests. So I'm going to predict we're going to get a wave of people that would like to connect. And that's brilliant this network that you have. So thank you so much for joining us today, Alexis. It's been a wonderful chat. I'm so glad you found Grant. <laughs> It's especially when I didn't even know who you were or what you were doing. And it seems like this is like a major thing. Whatever we can do to promote what you're doing, I guarantee you we'll promote this because that, that's what I see my role as as well, is yeah. to find the, the messages and then to get them out. And I even talk to people, you may know I have a book publishing company and it's called It's All Connected. And it's been called that for many, many years. And it's basically to talk uh, with a lot of experiences. Now I'm talking to you, but experiences and I always say have you written this down you got this story have you written it down do you think maybe you should write it for your children and your grandchildren and I've encouraged people and helped people sort of put the material out because as you said I mean it's one thing to have it it's another when they want you to share it mm -hmm. that uh the, like the biblical thing too much is given much is expected that if you're given stuff and expected to share it that it doesn't really help if you you can do it in the etheric realm but uh, to put the stuff out. So whatever we can do to promote you, we will do. And I think you're doing very important work. And I thank you for reaching out to me and uh, we'll go from there. And maybe you can send us those uh, symbols, those three symbols, and we'll yeah. maybe even have some interaction back and forth that we, I can maybe do a couple of articles on on the stuff that you've gotten and the messages, because you're getting the messages, you're getting the symbols. And it seems like you are at the, at the apex of some important uh, message that somebody wants put out and I'm going to do whatever I can to help you put it out. Yeah, I'm being told. Got to share it. Can't hide anymore. I'd also say with those symbols, contemplate on them. The more you spend understanding, you know, this idea of connection, compassion, power, the more you'll be able to comprehend. It's, it's simply just a, a recipe for how we can work better together. So, yeah. And you're open to doing interviews. I have a lot of people I think would want to do an interview with you that would 
Alan Seinfeld, oh, yeah. you mentioned the one. Have you, have you, has Alan interviewed you yet? No, I'm literally just, um, this is this is me reaching out. I've been told to, go. so I'm doing it. So, so you, you mentioned him in your email, I believe. Uh, Alan Seinfeld will be giving you a call. He's an artist out of uh, New York City. He's done a lot with artists and stuff. And I think he'd be absolutely fascinated to talk to you about what you're doing. And he would have a lot of contacts of uh, people that you should talk to. But uh, we may even get you on Space.Radio or there's a bunch of uh, people that I'm I'm pretty sure would want to talk to you because it's almost like this is the beginning, but you're getting more and more people when you talk about it, when I talk about it, where they realize there is a music connection, there is an art connection, mm -hmm. and they may ignore it for a while, but then you hear it for the 10th time and you go, maybe I should look into this. And people, that's the way we raise consciousness. It's almost like well, the way I put it is, your mission, my mission is no different than any other social or political movement. It's not because it's an important issue that everybody should shut down what they're doing and do what we're doing. It's you've got to get it out there and raise the consciousness to a point where everybody just says, oh yeah, I knew that already. They just, they just instinctively know it because they've heard it so many times and that whether it's African-American rights or gay rights or whatever, uh, nobody had an easy method. It's not like you get an easy road. We have to do the work in order to get it out and as long as they spell your name right, when it comes down to it, enough people here, they're gonna make the right decision as to what's right and what's wrong. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank, thank you, you so for much. joining us. I was, this is a thrilling interview. I just loved it. Well, thank you. We'll have <laughs> you back, I'm sure. But thank you so much, everybody, and have a great day. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.